Today, we're going to be talking with Saul from the YouTube channel Glitter Bear Mini Claws and his business Glitter Bear Vending. If his YouTube channel name didn't give it away, Saul operates many mini claws in the massive city of London. He is also an active participant in the vending community and is very helpful to vendors like myself with all the videos that he posts. And I am much appreciative of all those videos. So without further ado, let's welcome Saul from Glitter Bear Vending. How's it going today, Saul? I'm good, Nathan. Thanks so much for having me on the show. We're going to start it off with a pretty basic question here. Tell us about your vending journey and how you've gotten to the point you're at today. So my vending journey uh, began almost a year ago uh, to the day. I, uh, I just posted a video recently on my YouTube channel about my first year in business. Um, and I think I've done the same as probably yourself and a lot of others on the extreme uh, Discord, which is I went down a YouTube rabbit hole uh, and saw what could be done with a mini claw machine business and was like, ah, I've been obsessed with mini claws or with claw machines since I was a child. That feels like a perfect fit. So uh, it was my one year anniversary on the 3rd of January. Um, and it's been going well. It's a learning process. Is <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, you get faced with a new problem pretty much every week and you just figure out how to fix it. Because it's not like <laughs> something that most people, you know, there's not that much of a guidebook of how to run a business other than the Discord and fellow vendors YouTube channels, which have been a huge help. I, would, I wouldn't have got past, you know, the first month had it not been for going to the extreme Discord and then or just typing the problem into YouTube and be like, ah, someone else has had this same exact problem. <laughs> So yeah, it's my first year and I am loving it, but I'm definitely still learning. Um, and how many machines have you acquired in the first year? Machines that are on location. Oh yeah, so year. I've got 18 machines, but as you can probably tell behind me, I've got uh, <laughs> one of my locations um, just before Christmas. I was going to head home to Scotland and two days before I went and made a last collection uh, before the new year. And they had a big sign on the window that says, <coughs> oh, we're close for refurbishment until the 22nd of January, and they just hadn't told me. And they're like, oh, yeah, you need to, could you take the machine? Is that okay? <laughs> so I was just scrambling to get the machine back. Um, so 18 in total, 17 on location, and this one will, I'm currently using it to film YouTube shorts with. <laughs> so it's it's handy, but uh, my girlfriend doesn't really like it in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> apparently it doesn't go with the aesthetics that she's after. So I know, I have that same problem. We have a, we have a, um, an arcade machine, like a hunter, a deer yeah. hunter in the entryway of our house. Um, and then um, my dad has a pinball room. He has four pinball machines. And then I've stuck um, a massive Injustice from Roth Rills in there. Yeah. Um, it's it's like 48 inches wide. It's massive. That floor, I'm. it's on the main level and we have a basement. It's it's well past the weight, the weight rating. Oh, really? the there. Yeah. There's Just four pinball machines. Just crash one day and you're like, that's the machines. Well, my dad's office is below there, so... <laughs> Um, I saw your video, you did a tour recently of kind of like all the machines. And I was mm -hmm. like, see, that's beautiful as far as I'm concerned. Like that's, you're adding to the aesthetic of your home. So anyone who says otherwise is just, can't see the beauty in arcade machines as far as I'm concerned. I know. And we, we, we joke about it a little bit. We're like, okay, we brought one home. We're going to put it in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, but... go, you go to the fridge for some milk. <laughs> you're like, do you know what? I fancy a game right now. Oh, yeah. look, it's right there. What? Exactly. Why isn't that good? <laughs> Exactly. And we've, we've lost, um, we have a two car garage and my mom 
loves waking up in the morning and getting into a nice heated uh, garage uh, mm. when she's on her way to work. But uh, there's been many times where she's had to go out in the winter and start her car because we have so many machines in the garage. <laughs> Luckily, we've made it to the point where we pack them all against a wall. And as long as we're not working on one, she gets that stall. But <laughs> So what's the... Uh, asking you a question, what is the reason for them all being there? Are you Is the goal to open an arcade and, the, and you're collecting them all? Or do you just happen to have excess machines that you're like, no, I'm going to keep this one myself? So there are many answers to that question. The main one is, yes, we want to start an arcade someday. Um, mm. we're, a mall arcade is our, if you've ever seen Claw Kicker, and Quick Plays Arcade yeah, yeah. Um, is a good example. We want to do it a lot differently. Um, we want to do, um, I'm blanking on the name, Amusement Connects. They're a kiosk. You go up to the kiosk, you can swipe your credit card, and then you get a loaded game card. Yeah, you yeah. can tap all the machines, uh, and they have like little readers on each machine. They are so much cheaper. I keep going on Alibaba looking for like you know alternatives to Nyax and Kiosoft, and I'm like, oh, that one's only forty dollars, oh. and it's because it's one of the arcade. Oh you know, yeah, tap machines, and I'm like, oh, if you can have an arcade, you don't need. 20 different Nyax readers. You just need those little ones. Have one at the front, get people to charge their card, load it up with credit, and then you can just have one of the cheaper the cheaper readers on your machines. That would be, be fantastic. Think of all the fees you would save. Yeah, the main idea with that, it is really, it's probably going to be around 20 grand to do just that system with the kiosk mm. and all the readers. But oh, the, really? idea, the, the idea is, is it's so hard for people, and especially in a bad economy, to part with their cash. Yeah. It, but at, at the beginning, at the, when you walk in, you, you either put in a $20 bill, it takes cash, or mm -hmm. you swipe a credit card. People swipe their credit cards so easily, and then they go to each machine. They have to use that because it's loaded on their card. So Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? You kind of like it. And I have the same. You know, my, my uh, bank card is on my phone. So I, I just oh. pay with my phone multiple times a day, and it's not real money as far as I'm concerned. You know, I know it's mine, but it's not the same as having to part with cold, hard cash. Um, and yeah, people are more likely to spend more time playing your machines if they're just like, I'll just have another go. It's fine. Yeah. It's on the card already. I'll just have another go. Exactly. Um, and another that that brings me to a thought here. I have a friend that um, he he's in the business with me. He mm. every time we'll go out and he sees a vending machine or something, he's like, Oh, I'm thirsty. He'll whip out his phone, beep, taps the credit card reader, and it's like oh. that. That is what got me to buy a um, credit card reader for. Two of my machines right now have credit card readers on them, and a third is going on. <laughs> that is my next goal. I kind of, I'm, I'm done. Uh, I have like this plan, you know, in my head of how I want to build the business. And currently, 18 machines is good for me. Um, I need to learn the business properly to get the most out of those 18 machines. And mm -hmm. Nyax or Kiosoft or you know, wh whichever one I go for, that is the next one. Is testing out actually. What what is the jump in, in revenue, um, and does that change depending on where that machine is? Because I never have cash on me, uh, mm -hmm. even though I'm a cash based business, I never have cash on me. Um, so it's interesting to see actually, because I know some people swear by them, absolutely swear by them, mm -hmm. and then other people are like, it, you know, it, it's increased my my income by about ten percent, if that. So. London is definitely a very different beast when it comes to the claw machine business. So I, I'm, I, I'm intrigued as to how it's going to go. But it's a it's a big investment. It is a big investment.
Yeah, it's it's massive investment. I would uh, go through CandyMachines.com if you're going to buy one, or if you're going to buy I've a never bought. I'm going to say something blasphemous now. I've never bought from CandyMachines.com, and I think it's because I'm based in the UK. Um, they seem to do an amazing job for and are great with customer service, great with you know mm -hmm. delivery uh, and fair prices for what ultimately is you're buying something from within America, and they've done the hard grunt work for you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just as easy and, and probably cheaper for me to buy when it comes to Nyax to buy locally. Um, because, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and locally. the same with machines. Obviously, there'll be a big saving for, if you live in America, but the delivery cost will, way, <laughs> will be so astronomical. Um, mm -hmm. But I just buy from Alibaba. That's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, back, back to your uh, question there. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. So we're, we're trying to work out a deal with them all. We mm. have gone to every single mall in Wisconsin, and yeah. uh, there's there's always a reason. There's we, <laughs> yeah. There's two right now. One, there's a city ordinance. I'm, I I can't really disclose anything because we have competition here in Wisconsin. There's already a guy in four malls. Uh, okay. Um, and if he sees this, he's like, oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> someone. I'm, I'm, not, I'm actually not going to say anything more about that location yeah. and. I can't really say anything more, but there's two of them. We're working out a deal. I'm sorry. I asked you a question in the first place. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're good. Um, I, I just, I'm trying to just not disclose anything. It just, no, I, he, I he's on YouTube too. That. So, oh, um, okay. um, <laughs> frantically just t starts Googling, looking in YouTube like, who's he talking about? It's interesting. Yeah. I'm sure you could find him. Um, he's in four malls. Uh, we want to get into a mall just for one. It's non-staffed. And for two, the amount of machines we need, yeah, I mean, we could start out with twenty, and that that's around forty thousand dollars machines. Mm -hmm. Our our second plan is to then go do, um, what you call a destination location, you know, mm. like a hundred machines. We're there staffing it. Maybe we even do like a golf simulator. We have a room with VR, you know, stuff like an yeah, entertainment yeah, yeah. play. That's our second idea, but it's probably going to be one hundred twenty thousand dollars to even see. Yeah, it's close um... to starting that. It's uh, what's the name of the channel? Um, couple who do the kind of like the Halloween. Yep. Okay, I know exactly Eli who you're Cody. talking about. Eli and Cody. No. E E and T or E and something. E and amusement. T. Yeah. E and T. Um, it's Eli and Cody. I think I'm getting confused. But <laughs> they that that's incredibly impressive and a huge amount of work to do something that is basically a pop up. You know, it's a temporary yeah. space, and obviously the returns are great and it's an amazing way to build a business but for being so young to kind of have their foot in the door and something like that and to put in the grunt work is is nothing short of impressive i uh the idea of unmanned arcade because i've thought about this as well in london terrifies me i don't think if, if you leave machines with money in them in london for two seconds they'll be gone that's you know yeah um, and i also don't want to personally i don't want a man an arcade all day i'd be bored i'd be bored out of my mind um or just playing the machines all day who knows uh yeah, yeah that, our idea I, is I that we different in the, in, i think it is different in the u.s like having unmanned unmanned arcade seems like standard practice well with, with them being in a mall the mall has mall security you know yeah. it's open and the, if we were to get one the spaces that we're looking at it can't really be a deep space because if mm. kids can go back in there and not be seen, it, it, it'd be like a space where it, it might be wide, but it won't go back very far. You'd be able to, if you're looking in from the outside, yeah. you can see everything. Sort yeah, because like, I saw the quick, yeah. is it, was it quick play who are having their coin pushes like 
someone was repeatedly breaking into them. I yes. think it was yeah. And you're just like, oh, you, you can break into those things. They're not as indestructible as you think, but if, yeah, they had if, one. Hmm? They they had one. It was so they you, yeah you know what I'm talking about. They have four, yeah. and the one that's not facing anywhere yeah. you can see from the door. And that's, that's all the it one. takes is is just enough privacy to be like I'm just going to bend this back and then come back and do it again. Which is uh, exactly. some people, eh? You can't trust everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and then once again back to that. And they're just a good investment. Everything we've bought so far, we we don't buy. We bought two new machines for the for the route, um, and because yeah. we got a great deal on them, five hundred dollars off on their Black Friday sale uh, from know. Candy Machines. That was the um, under the sea, and then the mini claw. But other than that, we only I drove to Oklahoma, thirteen hour drive to buy a Fun Zone claw machine. They retail yeah, for six thousand. I bought it for fifteen hundred. We only find deals with that. If I were to go and sell that, we we could sell for three or four thousand. Yeah, and, you, you've, you worst case scenario, you've got yourself covered with yeah. And th that's our entire collection. That massive forty-eight injustice. We could double, maybe one and a half times the money we bought that thing for. The entire collection could double our money. And that, and that's at the end of the day, we don't feel like we're sitting here. We don't have anything lined up for an arcade quite yet, mm -hmm. but we're not shaking in our boots. You know, we're, we're yeah. not sitting here like, oh my god, we're never going to make our money. We could tomorrow. We could all we could list them all and have our money back. It's, I, to be fair, I had the same thing because it. it You'd be probably not surprised to know that if you tell someone that you, I had it anyway, which is like when you tell someone what you do, and you're like, oh, I run a mini claw machine business. And they're kind of just like, what? <laughs> like, just, and so when I told my girlfriend, I was like, just so you know, in about three months time, there's going to be six mini claw machines turning up at our door. It's fine. Don't worry about it. She kind of just looked at me and was like, oh, OK. And, and the way I kind of like appeased her that I've not gone completely crazy was, like worst case scenario, if it all goes horribly wrong, which I don't think it will do, I can sell these used more than I paid brand new for them because exactly. they just don't, they don't exist in the UK. They just they they are few and far between for the people who who have imported them. So it, it's a you know Facebook Marketplace. They'd go in a second. They'd go in a second. So fortunately, I've not had to sell them, and I've bought. 12 more after that but yeah um, at least i had a i had a backup i had a way to get out should it go horribly wrong so specifically where do you get your machines um like what what company do you go through and and your product so the machines i've changed um back and forth to be fair i get them all my machines from alibaba uh, i've got links in my i couldn't tell you the exact name of the company because Chinese company names and I always they're all a lot of them all sound very similar or like Yin Wen Fun Zone and you know mm -hmm. um, but I have links in my videos you know like all my long form videos I put links to where I get my machines from but I started off uh, testing with one company uh, and they were amazing and their aftercare their their customer support their tech team are were just outstanding you know. Unfortunately, one of the motors blew in the first month, started smoking. And, you know, when you don't know what's going on, you're like, oh, God, what? This is crazy. I've only just got this machine. It's a simple fix once you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but they were on standby in China 24-7 and, like, getting me to send a photo and then telling me what to do. And it was back and forth. And it must have been, like, midnight for them and, you know, but daytime for me. And then I found a wow. second company. Um, again, I've linked that to in my, my YouTube videos. Uh, and it was just a little bit cheaper. 
uh, I could get a bill acceptor for the on top of it for the same price as the one without a bill acceptor. Um, but if you've watched my if you've watched my um, can I can you fix this? Uh, you know, we we're just talking about it before uh, long form video on, uh, on my channel. There was a problem with the operating system that if you don't live in the UK would not cause you any problems whatsoever. But just the conversion of of trying to program the coins to take mm -hmm. UK money in the denominations and and plays I wanted meant that I lost a whole bunch of money because they were sitting idle for four weeks when they should have been on location. So who knows? Next time I may go back to the old ones. Um, but apart from that, both companies have served me really, really well. Uh, and for product, I'm now Team 1688, you know. Um, yeah, I saw that video. Yeah, Megan, Megan, who's another UK vendor, she did the grunt work for everyone. She was new to the business and was like, no, I'm going to try and get the best possible value uh, and kind of venture into the unknown. And so she found Tamion 1688. She did a lot of hard work and then was like, hey, Saul, why don't you give it a go, you know? Um, and then, it, and that's been adopted by the extreme discord as well. That's kind of, uh, but mainly all thanks to, to Megan kind of like dipping a toe in the water to begin with. Uh, and now I absolutely love it. I have, for anyone who watches my videos, uh, I have bored people with saying that I have massive limitations in the UK of what I can put in my machines uh, before the gambling commission decide that it's gambling and I have to pay thousands per machine. Um, oh. So I, I, to you, this may be news, but to anyone who watches my live videos, I'm like, I can only put in a prize that is worth equal to or less than the cost of a single play. Um, so it's massively restricting. Wow. So if, if it's a dollar a play, I can't put in anything that's worth more than a dollar. I charge mine at 50 pence a play. So what, 65 cents. So my price can't be over 65 cents. Um, that's right where I, you're at though, right? Yeah, so and and that's and that's basically what sixteen eighty eight has allowed me to do is source wow. much better prizes. So it's it's kind of just opened up a new, you know, a whole new kind of way of, of stocking my machines with with Rick and Morty kind of style keyrings with Spirited Away plush. With whereas before I would be on AliExpress and Alibaba, really trying to buy in as much bulk as I can to get that mm -hmm. price down to what I wanted. But what you're left with is people get bored with the same prizes in the machines. And that mm -hmm. constant turnover is is why people play, especially where I am, you know. It's the same customers going into the same shops in London. Um so yeah, sixteen eighty eight I absolutely love and I should be getting a new shipment from them literally any day now. Can't wait. Can't wait. So yeah, we'll we'll start with um the plushies, since we're already on that topic, how mm. much does the average plus, plushie cost or, or trinket um, and landed at your door per plushie, how, including shipping and everything? Roughly, like I, I've, I've got it at peak. So the average, you know, I'll get some cheaper prizes, not not cheap in the sense of what they are, but kind of they just happen to cost less. But I would, it averages out about 50, 50 to 65 cents for per item. And it is, it is disturbingly shocking how much you can get for that low amount of money especially as you are ultimately for anyone who doesn't know 1688 only it's alibaba's own company it's alibaba but in china but they mm -hmm. only ship to china so you okay. have to find a forwarding shipping agent so hmm. for that price you are buying a product that is being 
shipped to the Chinese forwarding agent. They're adding their fee on top of it and then their shipment charges and then it's being sent to you. And even with all those costs, it's still so much cheaper than Alibaba. Um, it, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And how much do you have to order? How, how much money do you have to spend to get that value? So I've not that much. What is, is amazing. A lot of them with Alibaba, it's like a oh, minimum 500 quantity or, you know, um, a minimum a thousand. And, and then the prices come down. With a lot of the places, you check, obviously, how good the reputation of that company is. You check how many returning customers they have so you can see that, hey, someone's bought from them, liked it so much. 25% of those people have come back again to buy even more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and But a lot of them, they have like 10 minimum or 50 minimum, 100 minimum. And that's my new goal really now is, and it's how I started, because I saw a dip in sales and I was kind of like what's going on it's not just seasonal there's something happening here and it's because I had ordered previously lots of little things and it was constantly changing so when someone came back you know Joe Bloggs came back to the bubble tea shop I'm in or the, mm-hmm. the minimart or whatever there was something new for them to play and and I had stopped that because I got so excited about 1688 I, I ordered in bulk of like, oh, I, I, I've got SpongeBob SquarePants keychains <laughs> and, uh, you know, plush. And I was like, oh, that's why. Because I've had the same prizes for the past three months now. And that has been a killer. So now the idea that I can just order, you know, 100 of one thing, like 200 of another, and I've got 18 machines, so they go like that. And then two weeks later, another shipment comes in, and then two weeks later. So it's what I'm excited about in my second year is... Is, is just having constantly evolving stock so that customers don't know next time what's going to be there and they'll want to play. Um, well, that's the idea anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so you're saying if I order 10 plushies, I still get that same 65 cent value, you think? Or, or would yeah, it have and, to be? Yeah, and you know, it goes down a little bit like it does with Alibaba or AliExpress or anywhere else. You, know, you order over 500 and suddenly that thing that cost you 32 cents per item suddenly is 28 cents per item. Okay, it does go down a little bit. Um, yeah, and and you know you can order in the tens of thousands or the, and get it even cheaper if if you've got that amount of space. Um, and, and yeah, so there's savings to be made, but the ultimately the savings are already there. I've not encountered any of the products, and there are some I'm sure where you have to order a minimum uh, that's more than you'd like. But most of the stock that I have coming, I've got forty of each, or seventy, or a hundred okay. of each. That, you know. Um, which is massively helpful because I have no storage space in my <laughs> apartment in London. You know, uh, my girlfriend is very accommodating, but even she's like, "When are you, when are you going to move these things out?" And uh, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, there's storage at the bottom of the mini core, so that's good. Oh yeah, yeah, they do have some good storage down there. The super mini that I bought has just the bottom just has a massive coin tray, and then the yeah, I've got one. Uh, magic star which is you know just another version of a mega mini oh, yep holds a huge amount uh in the game area but it there's no there's no storage in it whereas i don't know if you can see this on the wide shot at the mm-hmm. bottom there's there's the bottom third of the machine is just one you know and i don't mind when notes get you know when bills get uh people play with bills they just i open up the draw and just on top of on top of the the extra plush is just some money it doesn't bother me <laughs> <laughs> it's still money at the end of the day 
I've seen people take them and they'll put like concrete at the bottom of the, yeah. the those minis because there's so much room down there. They got to make yeah. them heavier. No, I I mean it, obviously London is not the. There's a lot of people living in London of all types. So uh, not that I'm not trusting, but I try and secure my machines uh, so that no one, even with a bit of concrete, they can't just pick it up and wheel it away. Uh, I'll try and attach it to someone if I can, uh, to something if I can. Yeah, um, I'm the mini claw that I bought. My friend and I both bought a mini claw. And we, we, we bolted them together at the yeah. same place. And that's how we're securing that one. Going forward, we're t- we're re- we're going to remove one and put it to a separate location. Okay. The one that's going to stay there, we want to try to bolt to the coin pusher we have in there, um, or what I saw Extreme Vending does. He velcros them to the wall. It, it's not like it's just to keep them from falling over. Obviously, if someone's going to yeah. steal it, they'll they'll still steal it with the velcro. Yeah. There, so but... I I stole because uh, obviously Extreme was hugely influential when I started. Um, watching his videos and i was like how do i secure this mm-hmm. and i saw his velcro stuff so i have yeah right there x is i've got this massive oh industrial oh, for the entire so yeah i just cut it at length and undo it all the way down um but the problem with that is um it has to be a specific location you know i'm attaching it to a brick wall or a because i'm not going to ruin someone's paintwork with it um yeah if not with that, I've yet to have to drill in, you know, into the walls. Because again, you're turning up at someone's location, someone's business who doesn't know you, mm-hmm. and you're going, "Hey, would you like a machine?" Oh, by the way, I've also got a drill into your wall. Um, what's that? No, nothing, nothing. Just a few, <laughs> you know. So I got some security cables, um, and there are vents on the side of the, the mini claws, some of them, and I kind of just poked them through wrap them around any any pipe or anything I can have nearby if it's possible and then just padlock it so that no one can, you know, it, no one can move it. They, they might be able to <laughs> wheel it two, two feet, but they're not going to be able to get further than that. Yeah. A um, little bit back to the machines. How much does one cost landed at your door after fees and everything? Uh, it's amazing how often I, I had this conversation in Discord because British people are very, very normally polite about how much things cost or how much you earn i mm-hmm. get asked this question four or five times a week like how much do you earn like how much is you what wh- how much does this cost because you can see people's minds whirling like whirring going can i steal this guy's business idea <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> and, and what i tell them is you need to buy in bulk it's the mm-hmm. same because if you buy by yourself buy one by itself the shipping's gonna is, is like twice as much as the actual machine um but uh, the machine itself is probably about, I don't know, about $200, including the bill acceptor and the, you know, not even, I don't think. And so m- for me, I got six machines plus shipping door to door with all customs and stuff paid. Uh, and it came to, I think initially it was $3,300. Um, and then I changed companies and with the bill acceptor as well, it came down to something like $3,100. That's not including like Alibaba wow. tax and stuff, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. I should not have, uh, well, I paid, I well, like I said, I got that deal. I think on the mini claw I got, I paid mm. 850 for it. And then I didn't order it with the bill acceptor, but they, they, it came with it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But you got that in two weeks, right? You like, you know, you. Um, 
I actually live two hours from the candy machines warehouse, so I just went down there and drove to it. <laughs> I hope they sponsor you sometime soon because you're literally a local brand ambassador for them. Then, if that's exactly, true. yeah, guys, come on. Nathan <laughs> is a hardworking individual. You'd be lucky to have him sponsor his channel. Um, but with these, with these, like, you know, some people, some people don't like them anymore because they are small and they hold less. I'm a one man band, like that. That. Um, uh, mega star, what it was it called? Ha, uh, I can't remember. I, I can always forget Moved. the name. Mega mini kind of thing is so heavy, has no wheels, and so is really difficult for me to move in comparison to these things, which just roll along the ground. Um, the downside is they weigh nothing, <laughs> so you know. Um, but I, I, I love the, I love the the OG minis. The, what I've started with, and I will expand to Mega Minis more, I think, in, for larger locations. But for the most part, these things are just zippy and they suit my my business quite well because it is just me. Even even for your smaller locations, have you thought about doing the prize lockers? I, I know Extreme made a video where it tripled his income with a prize yeah. locker. So. so So the Magic Star. I finally remembered Magic Star. It says it on the top in neon. Um <laughs> The Magic Star, uh, I basically said to them, don't send me the, the prize box, uh, which in hindsight I should have done because if I ever sell it, that would be a great thing. It comes back to the Gambling Commission restrictions. I, you, oh, yeah. So if you win that, that's me, you know, I'm, I'm breaking the law because it's worth more than a single play. That is and really you, a huge drawback. It is, but you can work around it. You know, like, I, one of my favorite parts of the business is toy hunting. It really is. Like, I'm, I'm eight years old again, looking through all the, <laughs> you know, the Macy's catalogs or whatever it is, you know, in, in the UK, it's the Argos catalog, just circling all the things I want. But now I'll sit and, you know, have dinner and then sit on the couch with my girlfriend watching TV. And I'll just be like secretly looking at all the different toys that I want, but for the machines. But what do I want, really? Um, so it's 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 a restriction, but there's there's such joy to be found in finding something that's within your budget and is also awesome. You know, like you're just like, oh, I would want to win that. If I walk past the machine, I I want that Kirby plush keyring thing. You know, like it, it's uh, so yeah, it's it's a bit of a headache to begin with, but once you get round it, it honestly, I think it's something like four to six thousand pounds. So you know five to seven eight thousand dollars per machine per year if i break that rule and i have 18 machines i would be bankrupt <laughs> yeah yeah um wow. well in wisconsin here I, I mentioned this in my coin pusher video but yeah. th there's oh yeah yeah it's not laws but it's like we'll I let mean, you slide laws, but the <laughs> yeah so it, it's contraband so for Get for this is only for coin claw machines are completely legal. I we have one coin pusher, um, mm. and that is under gambling devices or amusement devices. And yeah. the the law contraband thing states that it's a fine of it's either I think it was five hundred, maybe it was two something. It was I think uh, I, I'm watching that video. I think you said something like two hundred, two hundred fifty, something like that. Yeah, it was it was like two hundred dollars per machine. Um, yeah plus the possibility of it being taken. But usually I, I spoke with a guy on the phone and he, he told me if we come in and we think anything of it, we will audit you. And if you're paying your taxes, we turn a blind yeah. eye as, as long as it has um, uh class B liquor license. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, there's something similar with because I've looked into um, and Megan and I have uh, I've discussed this kind of like coin pushes and other other machines like the gambling restrictions are are different for every machine and we have them as well. There's only certain places you can place them in the UK, and unlike a claw machine, you know most of those places are places with liquor licenses. Um, but unlike a claw machine, what I see is you know when people are asking like i said like oh how do you how much do you earn how much are these machines you can see their mind whirring and every time it gets to the same point which is toys and then they suddenly realize oh they've got to buy 50 to 60 different types of toys and in bulk and then keep buying them keep buying them and that's when it becomes less attractive Mm -hmm. whereas with coin pushes you only tend to get them in arcades in the uk Oh, okay. Uh, and but you can put them in pubs and and clubs and anywhere you know, like betting office, uh, betting shops. But the the actual location has to apply for the license themselves. It doesn't cost anything. Yeah, yeah. They're that, allowed that's the same here. To, yeah, they're allowed up to two machines, and and so I've thought about those things about getting a coin pusher. But I'm like that any location worth their salt would just get one themselves because I'm not providing anything other than a free machine like i'm not providing anything they can't do for a few hundred dollars you know you can go on facebook yeah. marketplace and get one for two three hundred dollars here um which is annoying because they seem to earn quite a lot <laughs> i'd love to just yeah. stick it in the laundromat well yeah we just um this is a little pre-collection insight but we I, we just filmed a video hmm. two days ago where we went and collected from that coin pusher in its first week and a half it did hundred and six dollars um wow. usd for uk viewers watching yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it was just crazy to us because this mexican restaurant it's like this is an upgrade from some of our locations mm-hmm. but it's not the greatest i mean we have too many claws there and they make 30 dollars each a month it, it's nothing yeah um and, and but yeah, it's then, crazy isn't it locations <laughs> where you just like sometimes there's no rhyme nor reason as to why one does better than the other you're just like why I swore this was going to be a good place. Well, um, I always thought in my head, I was like, coin pushers are the greatest thing in the entire universe. And no yeah. matter what location they're in, they're going to do amazing. And then when we put it in this place, we, we have a camera there and it was a cross. We kind of, we didn't really see anyone playing it. We're like, oh, maybe this is the first time where, well, maybe this is the time where we're going to be humbled with these uh, coin pushers <laughs> and like, they need to be in a great place. We went there and they it made a crap load of money. And the place is like, during winter they were shut down for three days for winter for um new year's yeah. and then like they it was just amazing we 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 didn't see anyone in there hardly and this thing made 106 dollars in that's its awesome, first week that's, yeah that's half. nice to know especially if you can see it and you're just like oh no one's playing it to turn <laughs> up and be surprised that's that's always the most fun when you're like oh, i don't think it's really been then you open up the drawer and you're like oh, i was wrong there's some money from <laughs> Oh, good well, it reminds me, I, I was cleaning my desk one day and I, I went under my mouse pad and I found like $30. And I was like, when did I put that there? Because, I mean, that's a habit of mine. I was instantly my just cash. looking for my whole no, I my, just did too. My, my whole place is pound coins. Like just <laughs> it, this is, they're everywhere. I, I'm, I'm so used to having so many. I kind of stopped looking. It's weird. I've stopped looking at it as money uh, because it's just that they they're everywhere and i never as i said i never have cash uh actual physical cash so it's uh, just something i'm used to now weirdly pound coins seem to to fill up my apartment <laughs> um and then 
with that gamble that the gambling thing still just baffles me because with the claw machines i mean mm. the a and a global i i have a couple well i have one right now that's on location i used to have two we pulled one out of a place that wasn't doing so great but one full-size claw machine that we put you know big plushies in mm. and a and a global after shipping and everything it comes to like a dollar fifty per plushie and the, the machine is a dollar per play so i could not yeah. be doing that if, if i were in the uk and then on top of that we wrap we wrap them with five dollar bills like yeah. some of them will wrap and, them with and $5 that's the thing bills. that kind of it's thinking outside of the box of that because ultimately when you look at youtube videos when you look at other people's business models it just doesn't work because of course like an, an awesome licensed plushie with with twenty dollars right around it people are going to play no matter what you've set that you know set the the claw strength that whereas mm -hmm. kind of my business model is all right how do i keep people coming back and coming back and pl playing which is like to set it where it's fair where it's skill-based but you need to learn how the prizes are won so that way people are paying for the the, the actual game more well previously anyway people were paying for playing the game rather than necessarily the prize that they're winning Whereas now it's kind of that's now meeting where people are playing for the game, but also they're going to get a good prize at the same time, something that they'll stick on their backpack, something that, you know, they'll add to their collection of plushies. Um, and so it, it, it's because I've, I've not known any other way. I've just, I'm just used to that restriction now. You just kind of like um, and another restriction we have is a dollar is really good for an amount of play that you guys have, mm -hmm. whereas I couldn't charge a pound for a play at the moment, I don't think. The UK economy, a pound per play, which is like, what, $1.30, $1.25, is just too much. 50p seems quite cheap, and some people have said, oh, why don't you put it up to a pound? It's it just... The idea of charging someone a pound and they don't win seems crazy to me. Whereas when I watch yeah. American videos, American vendors, a dollar a play seems just normal. You know, it's a fair amount. I'm just stuck in that in that in between part where 50p is a little too too low, but one pound is is. I don't think we would play if I played at a pound. I'll test it. But yeah. I don't think it's, um, it's it's just on the cutoff of going. I, I never want someone to feel ripped off playing one of my machines. I want them to enjoy it, and I I want them to win prizes. So, um, yeah. Well, and th that's a weird situation because if you're charging 50 um, pence um is that, is that what it's called sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, if you're well, 50p if you want it to sound yeah. rude um we, we charge 50 cents per uh claw or mini claw machine play oh do you oh, that's and, great and it's like we don't really like going that low i mean yeah you've the, got the opposite like if you try 50 cents you're like that seems a little too low like, it's a little that's... low for us but then a dollar uh, our big stuff that we do that's a dollar per play it's perfect and yeah. I, I could never imagine like, if I put it to a dollar thirty. Oh, well, I mean, that's a weird number to charge someone. But yeah, if it was normal, they wouldn't play it. It's, it's, uh, it's just that it's that cutoff of like, you know, it's like when you go into a store and ninety nine cents versus a dollar. You're like, well, buy something for ninety nine cents or, you know, ninety nine dollars. But a hundred dollars seems just a bit too much. And, and we, we, when yeah. we oh, sorry to cut you off. But when we no. first got our credit card readers on when we put it on that big claw machine, we mm. had it a surcharge of a of ten cents. It was a dollar ten per play. Yeah. Uh, but then we then we did bonuses and stuff too. But we we were like we're we're we're, we're only making fifteen dollars a month from this thing. The credit mm. card reader only did fifteen, while the cash did it a hundred fifty. We we took that surcharge off. Now it's doing forty fifty dollars a month. It's it's, it's crazy. It's, ten cents. It, and honestly, I would say 
getting into people's mindset is definitely one of the biggest learning curves of, of of running this business. It's one of like, why do people play? Where do people play? And why is it in that location they play more than an almost identical location a mile down the road? You know, and, and it's the same with what do people what do people think of as, as, as good value? You know, where's the cutoff point of where they're like, no, of course I put 50, you know, they could put the same amount of money in, you know, they could, they could put in $5 in total, five pounds, whatever worth of 50 P's and, and come away with a prize or two prizes or whatever. And Mm -hmm. feel like they've had a great time and that it's been value for money and they could do it with five pounds, you know, five single dollar bills. And for some reason it, it could feel less, less fun, less good value because the mindset is just there's an invisible cutoff point in people's head of what is value and what is not. And, um, if you ever find a sweet spot, spot, you know, let me know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, uh, we want to, so we're getting into a mall here soon. Um, mm. once again, I'm not going to mention cause I don't want any competition, but it, it's a good mall. It's a really good mall. And nice. we're really surprised that we're getting into it right now. There's only one machine in there. It's a key master. They charge five dollars per play because there's really good stuff in there. It's like you know Jordan shoes and a hundred dollars cash and oh yeah yeah. Um, but we're gonna have one back to back, one claw machine back to back to that with his key master hmm. at a dollar per play. So we might be that under cutoff for people that are they're like I don't want to spend five dollars, but then they'll walk over and they'll put five singles into our claw yeah. machine. Yeah, <laughs> and again, it's just that it's just the that's quite interesting about that five dollar key master because. Keymasters are a strange thing, and I don't know. Maybe it's just being in the business or having been played at arcades for years myself. I've always known that keymasters are very much that will pay out when it's when it's earned enough money. Yeah. Um, uh, and I have that problem with claw machines, which is most claw machines in the UK are at the seaside. You go and visit the seaside. You go to the beach for a day, and there's a whole bunch of arcades there, and they're rigged. They're massively rigged. They're waiting for that payout as well. Um, and so trying to find a, a skill-based one is hard. Uh, it tends to be the older ones. And, and, and that's a kind of misconception that I'm trying to break with my machines, which is actually just learn how to play it. And it's not rigged in a way that means you can't win. It just, you have to be able to learn how that toy is weighted and how that, you know, where you need to grab that toy. But with a key master, if you know, I wouldn't mind putting a dollar in a key master and just hope that it's time for it to pay out. Mm-hmm. But putting five dollars in, knowing that uh, you know it's just it's still waiting for the payout. Oh, I'd, I'd be very intrigued to know how well that does if people are happy. Oh, I, to I know how it does um, anyway. Oh, do um, you? That, that yeah, that machine. Well, it's confidential information, but you know. Oh, what? yeah. Don't, don't don't share anything. Don't. They'll get yourself in trouble. <laughs> well, I I don't think it'd get me into. Well, I didn't even mention the mall, so who cares? Yeah. Um, okay. uh, it, it makes over a thousand dollars a month. Um, well. I'm going to shut up because that is surprising. Roughly. <laughs> that is surprising. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, think maybe it's... most people don't know that, that how a key master works then, that they think that if they've got the right amount of skill, that they can still win regardless. Maybe that's it. Wow, $1,000 a month. Yeah. I need to get into key masters. <laughs> well, and, and that um, we... I, I need to start shutting up about this, but one more thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, but he, he said that turn um, up and there'll be a whole different arcade day we're like ah oh, i said yeah, on the video he's gonna be like what is this video he doesn't watch my video my videos aren't good enough views yet so for the five people watching <laughs> mm-hmm. um 
we might take over that machine. That guy's out of state, and there's been months where he where the machine's down or the machine's jammed oh, okay. with money, and so we we might eventually have he might kick that guy out, and we might come in there with our key yeah, master. Yeah, so. I mean that's it ultimately, and and it's how I try to. I did a video recently, which was you know to mark my one year anniversary, which was like, hey, what have I learned in the in the past year? Originally, it was going to be like, hey, here's how much my business has made, and here's the and and again, I, we chatted before. And kind of just flashing the cash doesn't really sit well with me as much. I'd rather tell some kind of like truths that maybe people don't know, you know, which is like, hey, it's a learning curve and there's good times and there's bad times. Um, I've completely lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll continue your point a little bit. Um, with me, I, I mm. think showing the cash, uh, or for my channel at least, I think showing the cash is pretty necessary to people to know. Like, like you said, to know mm -hmm. the ups and downs. I went and collected $10 for my mini claw. Yeah, yeah. And then we went over and checked the coin pusher and it made $106. And that, that video will be up here in a couple of weeks. But yeah, then, like, and I think, I think really that's shows. the difference. That is the difference, which is, you know, I show cash in my videos all the time, which is, mm -hmm. hey, here's how much a machine's, not, not here specifically how much a machine made. You know, it took 200, but I'll open up the coin draw because I know people want to see that stuff. I, I as a viewer, want to see that stuff uh, myself. But it being primarily money based to me isn't as helpful as, hey, here's the things I've learned, you know, in the past year. Here's the uh, the the peaks in the troughs of it all. Um, it's so annoying. I wish I could get back to my point. There's a reason I talked about my other than shameless self promotion. There's a reason I talked about that video. Uh, yeah, no, no shameless soap. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, if you yeah. guys want to see his channel, I'm, everything will be linked below. And if you're on Spotify or one of the streaming platforms, he is um, sorry, Glitter Bear Mini Claws wow. on YouTube. Folks, you saw it there. He forgot who I was. No. He forgot my name. So, he had to look no. at his screen. <laughs> no, no. So he has um, his Discord name is Glitter Bear Vending. And then oh, yeah. I, I completely forgot that his channel is different. I was about to say Glitter Bear Vending, and I did not. They're all named differently because I called my YouTube channel Glitter Bear Mini Claws, and people just like, I don't know what that is. So just Mini Claws London just tells you exactly what my YouTube channel is. Well, does. and we're going to have to change our name here soon. Uh, we, we So we're NJCJ Routing, and yeah. half the people we go to don't know what route. Me, it's like you, you own a route, you route machines into places. No one mm -hmm. knows what that means. I, I asked a guy that was buying a, a coin or a dollar changer for me. I was like, are you putting it on route with your machines or you got something else? He's like, what's route? What's on route? It's yeah, not a it's, term. That, like, It's why I've kind of like started to phase out vending as well, because when I started, everyone I watched was American. Well, still is to be fair. Um, <laughs> uh, and everyone seemed to be called vending. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I don't know enough about the business because vending in the UK is just vending machines. It, it, it's you would oh. never class as a claw machine as something as a vending machine or, or, or okay. part of a vending business. And so I've kind of just phased that out because enough people have said, oh, so you do vending machines as well then? Because it's in, and I'm like, oh no, just the mini claws. Um, <laughs> so that's why I've just kind of slowly, when I, when I got the new logo uh, designed and stuff, um, uh, for anyone who hasn't watched my live videos, we, we, we made it on AI together, the, the viewers and myself. Um, I just change it to glitter bear mini claws because uh, it just it, it sums up what I do in a bit of a nutshell. Yeah, and if you have to explain that to people, um, yeah. on that point, um, so how do you? So you go into these locations, or 
or how do you get these locations is a good way to put it. Do they, do you have a way for them to contact you or are you cold calling? Are you walking in? It's the worst part of the job. It's, 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 it's in person. You just have to do, you know, you see people asking all the time, Oh, can I call or just email? And you're just like anyone who's done it for long enough, like go in person unless you can't, you know, but if it's small mom and pop shops, go in person. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Because ultimately you're selling yourself. That's it. What you're, because no one, everyone else is trying to run their own business. You've just walked in off the street and they're busy, you know, with the lunch order, the lunch rush mm-hmm. or whatever they do. Why are they going to take time out of your day, of their day, to listen to you? And if they're busy, it just seems like a hassle. You're like, you want to do what? No, it's fine. And to be fair, when you talk to people in person, that's most of the reaction is, I'm busy right now. What? No without even listening to what you're saying, it's just a hassle. So I'm selling me, which is like, hey, I'm a local business. I'm a new business. I live literally just down the road from you, you know, because all my machines are within uh, East London where I live, which is still millions of people. But it's like, do you want to support, do you want to support a local business? And it will bring in some income for you. Or if you prefer, we can give that profit that you would normally take and we can give it to a charity of your choice. And I'll stick it, you know, and it's like, Give it a month, see how it is. But if I'm not personable, and if I can't sell who I am, and that I'm trying hard, then you, I can't do that over email or over phone because people are busy and they don't care. <laughs> Rightfully so. They're yeah. living their own lives. What, what tends to happen, though, is I'm trying to get into malls. Okay. I'm trying to get into supermarkets, uh, you know, big, big kind of shopping market, uh, shopping supermarkets. And then you hit corporate because there's no one in the manager can't decide for you uh, of that store. And then as soon as you get up to corporate, that is a long, slow process. And it's only going to happen through phone calls, through emails, through persistence. And you're selling yourself again. You've got to be personable uh, and sell who you are as a company. But that's the only time I would ever say, hey, don't always go in person if, unless you can't. Um, but face-to-face is always going to work out much, much better. And, and what does your average pitch look like when you're uh, asking these managers or owners? I, I try to secretly film myself. I've got it in an earlier video of mine. I keep just like shamelessly promoting earlier videos. No, no, um, go ahead. <laughs> guys, go and watch uh, Mini Claw London. Over <laughs> um, and I, I, I got my GoPro and like, secretly filmed myself, but it was only snippets of it because... Um, okay. Uh, but it's basically kind of like, hey, uh, who's the best person to speak to? Uh, is the manager or owner in? Because, uh, and that's how I used to start. And then I, I trans, you get a look of like, well, why? What, what's going mm-hmm. on? Because a lot of people think you're there as a debt collector, or as soon as you're, you know, something suspicious is happening as soon as you're asking for the owner. And so it kind of blended into, hey, who's the best person to to speak to about this? And I've got my flyer with me, and then they see something bright and interesting they're like what's this and and that's when you've got your foot in the door a little bit which is like oh well i'm a one-man band i run a mini claw business down the road from you like i live two miles away uh and basically it's as simple as this it's the 30 centimeters wide it's four foot tall it'll fit over there and 25 percent of the profits go to you or a charity of your choice uh, and most people will not be interested and that's fine and then every once in a while you'll get someone who's very interested and 
and once more they'll ask you more questions and you know mm -hmm. you've got you know a much better chance but really it's just you you will repeat that same opening gambit a thousand times and the hit rate is tiny but you yeah. just have to be as enthusiastic about it every single time because otherwise you'll never go into a shop you'll convince yourself that they're going to say no anyway and then it's amazing ultimately the people who tend to say yes it's it's their personality who is like oh my god that sounds awesome yeah yeah when, when can you bring it and you're like oh it's not the location it's the people you're talking to um who if they get it they get it uh and a lot of the time though it's not your favorite you know the location you desperately want is not the people who find it awesome <laughs> yeah and that, that's where i completely agree with you when it comes to these malls and supermarkets i personally haven't contacted any supermarkets i might have to mm. um but with the malls i know it's you go in there and we've we've been contacting malls for an actual space a leasable space and we've been contacting them about machines in the middle kiosk is yeah um uh but with those it's like okay how much would you charge me they 200 a month and then 30 percent after 667 is the con another contingency but it's like it's just flat out it, it's like it, you're meant to be asking them and it's it's not if you can get in, it's, are you wanting to go in? Is it good enough for you? And that's yeah. what I want to kind of pursue in the future here is I, I've had within the, I, I started my business about a year ago as well. Uh, probably a few months after you started yours. And I started out by contacting these places. I had really good luck at the beginning. Um, I contacted <laughs> yeah. local oil chain shop. First three calls of getting into vending. I, I landed an oil chain shop soda machine and it does about a hundred a month. In the winter, does it does about forty, and then in the summer, does about two fifty. So hmm. a little different. Um, but then the, I, I made another fifty calls for a claw machine, landed a bowling alley. Since then, I haven't landed any places with phone calls. It's um, I've had Facebook Marketplace posts where it's like I'll put place, I'll put machines in your place, and I've had three, no, two locations where those hmm. have hit, um, and those are my worst locations. They, they're yeah, a small I, I restaurant as well when anyone's request i've never done the facebook uh you know marketplace one what i have done is i've been you know i was in a barber shop and they were lovely guys but unfortunately i kind of got the idea from um, one of the american vendors uh and it just seems to be different here because it didn't really do very well at all mm -hmm. but within the first few weeks of being there they're like oh the guy down the road wants one of these uh and I kind of went to the, the, the place and it was like a chicken restaurant type thing. And I was like, I don't think it's going to do well here. But someone's voluntarily come in and asked for a machine. And it tends to be, and it's happened twice now in both places. I'm like, yeah, if they're asking for a machine, it's because they it need doesn't that money. Come from places that are going to do well. <laughs> they're trying to expand their business in a way to bring in more revenue because it's not maybe not particularly doing as well as they want. And that's not going to be the best place to put your machine. Um, yeah, it, it's, I, I had the same thing though, with my first, the first two places I went, um, into, uh, to, to pitch when I was like nervous and like, hi there, I've got a business idea. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> I, I booked the first two places that I went into and I was like, I am so good at this. <laughs> Literally no the best e ego like up yeah. here and then you're going into mm. the next one. <laughs> and literally the next 50. Exactly. After that, no one wanted it. But the, for that first day, I was just like, no one has been a better salesman in the history of the world. <laughs> I've obviously got this nailed. And it was just blind luck. It was just blind luck. Um, 
and you know that that's where I'm at business wise, which is like as I said earlier on, I, I spent the first year just just expand and figure out as much about the business as you can. And now in year two, make sure those eighteen machines are in as close to as possible, the, the, the earning the same amount as the the top one, you know, my top earner, because and that's the stuff that's going to take a long time getting into a supermarket. Malls, you're right. Malls are different because they're they're used to that stuff. They're like, all right, well, this is how much it costs if they mm-hmm. want it. There, a, yeah. a lot of malls in Amer- in London are like, no, we don't do that. Um, you know, or we had them and we got rid of them because they were just causing you know kids to hang around. Uh, but they at least know what you're up to because you're not going to be the first vending business to come in and they'll have yeah. a set price. And is that too much for you? All right, well, bye. But at least you're talking to someone who. You're not having to convince or explain exactly what you're doing, whereas every location in in London anyway has never seen a mini claw be- machine before and doesn't know what what the hell you're going on about. So you have to start from scratch and explain exactly what you are, what you do, and why it could be of benefit to them. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting, but when you get a yes, you're just like, oh, it's worth it because it's it's your own business and you know you're making strides. Also, yeah, hallmark, but like, go get them, guys. Go get them. Well, and it's like I'm I'm in one location. I at one point I had five machines in that location. It's a it's a restaurant, small restaurant. Business mm. owner is really really nice, um, and that's kind of why I haven't taken my machines completely out of there. Yeah, I have. So I pulled that full size claw machine out of there, and then I pulled um, it was a hoop. It was like a stacker that was converted into a basketball game. Is it, it didn't make any money even mm. at that place. And I still have two machines there and a changer. And then I'm going to be putting in a coin pusher that I'm picking up in the next couple of weeks. So I'll have three machines and a, and a dollar changer. Um, and overall with the coin pusher, it'll probably make $150 a month combined everything. And if you look at it from a business standpoint, I, uh, those two machines that are in there right now, $600, they were mm. cheap, cheaper ones, dollar changer, bought it for 300, put $500 into it to fix it, $800. And then now this coin pusher is a thousand. It's not going to make me that bag. It'll take a year and a half return to get that back. But this business owner, it's so nice and it's boosting his business. He's getting so many good yeah. compliments. And I put my name on, I like I put my brand on, on, on the back glass. So if, if it, it's more of a marketing thing now, people love it there. And it, I mean, it just feels good to be the reason that he's getting a lot of, um, and that's, you and... find that sometimes, like, as you say, like, it's, to be honest, most of my favorite people aren't in my best locations, <laughs> but I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy talking with them on a weekly basis and going in and, you know, I've, I've seen people whose kids have been born and, and they've been growing up over the yeah. past year. And I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm part of the community. Um, for the first time, it's a very difficult thing to feel in London as part of a community because it's so huge. And suddenly I'm like, oh, I actually feel like I'm an East Londoner now, even though I'm, you know, Scottish born and bred. But there are some times where you're like, this isn't my best location, but I'm happy my machine's here. And for however long that is, I'm not in a rush to move it right now because at least it's in safe, you know, safe hands until, you know, you suddenly need to, you do have a shopping mall or you do have an arcade and it needs to be moved on. But for the time being, sometimes I, I would argue in this business, a lot of, the best parts of it are the people as well as the money. <laughs> and sometimes the worst parts of it are the people. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. When the people are good, they're awesome. And when they're bad, you're just like, just calm down. I've not, 
I've not insulted you or the whole family. I'm just here to restock a machine. Um, and and that, that tends to be... I know, even if I get a yes, you can... Uh, and I can tell when it's not going to work out because that person really isn't paying attention to who I am, what my business is, and what it's going to do for their business. They've just kind of went, yeah, 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 just put it over there. If I don't have a working relationship with that person, if I don't have some kind of back and forth with them, I can guarantee that that machine's not going to last very long there um, because they'll just get equally as bored and be like, yeah, get rid of it. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's normally a good sign. If I get along well with the people, then that, that machine's normally there to stay because they're invested in you then. So um, a question that I also asked Tinker's Toy and Hobby um, are are you full time in the business or are you part time? I, I know Tinker's Toy and Hobby. When they answered, they've been cutting back on their hours. They used to both they used to both be full time, and now mm -hmm. I'm I think in the interview they said one of them was three days a week and one of them was four days a week. Yeah, and yeah. they used to both be six. Yeah, it's it's technically I'm part time, not even. Okay. you know, if if I really wanted to just be happy with how much they're bringing in now. Because I'm not driving, like we were talking before, I'm not driving 45 minutes away, you know, for each machine. Um, so I have quite a close uh, route, you know, a, a close route around me uh, mm -hmm. where all my machines are. So I can do all 18 and banking in like six hours if I wanted okay. to. Um, One day a month. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and, and I go weekly when most machines I could go every two weeks, every three weeks, and there would be enough toys and enough, you know, capacity. Because um, my, my machines on average, I would say, you know, I've got some, my, my top earner is like, it varies between like $150 a week. And that peak, it's probably like $250 it's made in per week, you know. Wow. Um, and yeah, and I, if all my machines were like that, times that by eighteen, you'd be like, "I'm never doing anything else with them alive again." But yeah, that, that's know, almost a full time income if you're at that yeah, point. I think that would yeah, be yeah. Oh, eighteen times. You know, eighteen times two fifty a peak would be amazing. Eighteen times one fifty a week, I'd still be <laughs> you know more than happy. But most of my machines kind of earn roughly about. I'm trying. To, I keep trying to do the conversion, but maybe about forty to fifty dollars a week. Yeah, and that, that's not bad at all. I mean, that's a lot no, better than what I have. <laughs> no, that's but you know, we all need goals, and my goal is to get the the, the top earning location. So yeah. I'm doing the same amount of work because I, I struggle not to do stuff with the you know whether it's buying toys or right now I am constantly on a hunt for new locations, and I'm putting in the grunt work to make sure that I've got this weird invisible two-year plan in my head and i've gone past year one and year two is to get established in the best possible locations and so this year is like all right always be looking always be doing something per day to make sure that you're one step closer to one of those locations so technically it's six hours a week but with youtube as well and making shorts and making long form videos it, it's every day <laughs> because yeah, that's, yeah. because if i've got free time that's what i want to be doing like I've still got an excitement uh, and a vested interest in kind of like bettering it um, because I'm still learning. Uh, and as long as I can keep learning, then there's another video to watch or there's another question to ask on the Discord or there's another person uh, in corporate to email just in case I can get my foot in the door there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, 
the way Tinker's Toy and Hobby put it is that they're almost have the way they put it is that they almost have another income. It feels like, um, mm-hmm. and and that that's kind of what I refer to. I, I mean, obviously, vending, even the top vending businesses, they're not putting in forty hours a week unless they're running a you know hundred location business. Well, yeah, you um, look at you look at extreme vending, and you're like, how many machines do you have? And it's just you and your brother and your wife. That is, even with three of you, how are you doing that? That's that's well, insane. I think with him, even at that many machines, he's still only probably putting in, you know, 20 hours a week on the vending side of things, yeah. uh, you know, Discord and affiliates and YouTube is a whole nother uh, monster to tackle there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, an imp- he's an impressive man. But um, what would you say that this is bringing in? It feels like there's another income or yeah, another person yeah, helping so, you out. So, you know, I we're talking earlier on about like other YouTube channels and stuff we've we've done. And I I, I like bike packing you know i'll strap a tent to the back of my bike and i'll just yeah. go into, you know wild camping and stuff like that and to be honest i also enjoy filmmaking and youtube depending on what kind of channel you've got youtube is you edit differently and you make different films for different channels so i i i kind of like enjoy the filmmaking aspect of it and, and I, I would like that to be because i'm learning every week like how to make an, a, a youtube video for vending for like the vlog style that i'm doing in the same way that i do i've got a much smaller channel which is me bike packing and every once in a while i make a video but they're very gentle and very kind of like hey i'm in the wilderness kind of thing <laughs> but ultimately my goal would be to have this is is the business side of stuff uh, and to fill up the rest to do with the business but creatively you know making youtube channels making content um youtube videos and making content because that's where my skill set lies anyway you know editing and and voiceover and all that kind of stuff so uh, that would be a perfect combination to get to earn money from the business and that be able to fund being a filmmaker you know a, a youtuber yeah, and you pretty much just answered my next question, which is... Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> what, what would you do in your free time that's not business-related? Um, well, that answers a lot of it. Bikepacking. Yeah. <laughs> Bikepacking, filmmaking um, in various forms. Uh, you probably can see behind me, this is a fishing rod. I've got oh. to a certain age, Nathan. And <laughs> I had no interest in fishing apart from when I was a kid. And then suddenly me and my best mate, Tom... I covered it in a briefly in one of my videos. There he is selling himself again. Um, <laughs> just, I live right by a London canal, and and there's something. Time just goes like that when you're fishing. I never catch yeah. fish like ever, but it, it's an excuse to meet up with a friend and chat. And um, there's something really therapeutic about it. It's just relaxing. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my my free time is is doing stuff for YouTube, like channels, like learning something new learning how to do a voice effect if i'm making a new short but it's bike packing um fishing and uh climbing there's a climbing wall just down the road for me that i'm a member of and uh bouldering i think it's called uh maybe somewhere else but uh yeah that's that's me in a nutshell i think <laughs> well yeah i mean you, you already pretty much answered that but yeah i mean fishing i've never been one to be into it that much we my parents have a boat and I've been out on it a couple of times, but oh, um, nice. <laughs> um, well, you, in 20 years time, you were like from nowhere, you just one day you wake up and be like, I, w- I want to fish today. I don't know. Well, I know exactly where you're coming from though. I love hunting, hunting season. It's only two weeks. 
but it's so it's, weird man like it, hunting is i'm sure it does exist in the uk but it's so prevalent in america like it took to a point where it seems alien i think to british people because you know there's the very posh elite to go grouse hunting and you know like uh, or fox hunting back in the day um but other than that that kind of like just normal owning a gun to go out hunting with just it, it, it's it's really alien being in the uk and seeing people just do that on a daily you know it's, it's just part of american society um whereas fishing just seems very british you know, like, well it's it's very similar to fishing it's yeah you said i don't go out with anyone usually but yeah. when I when I go out, it's, it's so calming. I wake up at 6 a.m. The sun hasn't come up yet. I'm the first mm. one up. Make some hot coffee. Put it in a nice mug that'll stay warm. Go out there. I bundle up in eight layers because it's negative six degrees. Yeah. And I get up in the stand and I sit for a couple hours just listening to whatever the sounds of the nature. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I'll listen to a podcast every once in a while. And Yeah, there's free... slightly less than that in... Um... The, the wild camping, that's why I love it, because it's just me in the middle of nowhere. You know, no one knows yeah. you're there. The fishing in London, less so, because there's just, wherever you are, there's just hundreds of people, like, cycling past you. There's no, there's no quiet space, really, in London. Even the, even the big open spaces are rammed full of people. Yeah, yeah. and, I mean, the, <laughs> if I'm being honest, the main part of hunting that I love is just sitting there up in a tree stand, 20 feet in the air, quiet, mm. everything. When it comes to shooting a deer... That's mm. not the fun part. I mean, the the 308 I have, it's like I'm deaf for 10 minutes after oh, I gosh. shoot it. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... The, the, well, you, in which case, yeah, you, you've already got that bug of, you realize that solidarity is actually a really precious commodity. You're like, ah, oh, I just want to be alone by myself for a while, like with no one bothering me. Um, so fishing might be for you. That's good. It, yeah, I've never been fishing alone. I think if I went fishing alone, I'd do that a lot better. Mm. Um, with hunting, it's like I'd probably get annoyed if I was up in a tree stand with someone. Um, oh, yeah, you just, you'd just you have to talk because you couldn't just be next to each other. Where... And you have to be <laughs> quiet like... quiet to see the deer. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. um, but I, I've been fishing on boat. Usually I go with four people. And the boat's small, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely both my my best friend tom who's in the video both both of us kind of about a year ago just decided to give up drink like not not even through a conversation but we just just both happened to get to an age where we're like do you know what booze doesn't sit well with me anymore uh, and the the hangovers aren't worth it <laughs> like there's no amount of alcohol <laughs> or fun that you can have where the hangover is worth it and, well, and so <laughs> as such, it just and it was just a coincidence that we both decided quite at this about almost the same time just to be like do you know what? I'm done with alcohol. So we've we've just naturally started to try and find things because if you're not going to go and sit in a pub or go to a bar anymore, like what do you do with your time? And as such, really, you know, things have opened up because of it, like like rock climbing and like fishing. And um, yeah, it's it's I'm doing more hobbies because my, my go-to is like, you know, I'm just off to the pub. <laughs> I'm going to go and have a drink. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what do I do with my time? Well, yeah, I, I've gotten to that point too. Um, I've only been able to do it recently, but one of my biggest pastimes now is going to a casino and, you know, playing blackjack and mm -hmm. Texas Hold'em is a big one. I mean, as, as much as it sounds like, oh, you're a gambler. It's like usually 90% of the time it's me playing, you know, Texas Hold'em poker. Yeah. It, it, it's more skill than it is. Love you know, Texas Hold'em. Love yeah, Texas Hold'em. It, it's so much fun. But mm -hmm. then, you know, me and my friend will we'll play slots every once in a while. It's still a fun pastime. And people people view it as like, 
you're gambling. Like I just said, oh, you're a gambler. It's like, but I mean, it's the same as I, I lose maybe a hundred dollars if I go to a casino. I, I'd go yeah, spend a hundred dollars yeah. if I was going to go skiing up on a mountain. Yeah. I mean, it's still you spending go out to money. A bar, hundred dollars has gone like that. Yeah. You know, in a night, you're just like, how much did I spend? And I can't remember any of it. Rather, you know, <laughs> if you can have fun with the same amount of money, then it's definitely worth it. Exactly. Um, a little bit back to more the the vending side of things. Oh yeah, uh, machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that. Um, I mean, one of the main themes of this episode here is like, you're from the UK. Most of the viewers probably watching are from America. Um, yeah. I and, and probably in a city. I know Tinker's Toy Nobby has to drive everywhere, and the the you know Quick Play has to drive everywhere. What is the main when you watch these people? What is one of the biggest differences, pros and cons, like to biking everywhere, walking? Uh, I think it comes down to, again, you know, there's more people in London than the whole of Scotland. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, I, I come from a country where there's like a million, roughly about a million people less. It's, depending Can you on how explain you explain that it, in bald eagle terms? In bald eagle? I don't know what that means. What's bald like, eagle? Like, what would be a city in America equivalent to London, just for American Um viewers? How many are, I think there might be, a, it might be akin to, I'm going to Google this, but I think New York. Uh, popular. Excuse me, why type? <laughs> New York population. Ah, roughly, yeah. And then, so New York's got eight point four. So million. main city of New York is kind of what you're in. Yeah. Okay. Oh, literally, almost the eight point nine eight for London and eight point nine two for New York. Okay. So, so yeah, main so city that, New York. Scotland's got like seven and a half, something like that. Seven, not even. Um, yeah. So it's so densely packed so i've got 17 but, but when all, this is out on location 18 machines all within like a three mile you know less than five kilometer radius um, that, that's just mind-blowing to me <laughs> yeah but and if you think how many times i've been turned down you know if for every one machine i've got in a location i've been turned down by 20 30 40 locations in between that and the next one um but on the plus side what that means is there's so many people that I've got one at one end of the street and one, you know, round the corner. But the same clientele aren't going to be going to the same place because it's not the same kind of shop. And weirdly, if I'm in Shoreditch, I'll spend my time in Shoreditch. Uh, just down the road where I live is Bethnal Green. But it's not the same clientele because you've got young hipsters in Shoreditch and you've just got your, your local East End London guy in Bethnal Green. So there's not much of an overlap. And I try not. I try to put them in different locations so that different kind of people are going to be playing them. But having a bike is faster. Like it's just I yeah. don't drive. I've never driven. I don't have a license. Um, I had a bike license when I was younger, but I just I, I don't have a bike anymore. Uh, you know, a motorcycle. Um, oh, okay. Um, but having a bike is faster. It's cheaper. Uh, it it gets me some good exercise and it's a, in summertime it's fantastic in wintertime <laughs> you have to gear yourself up to go outside but uh it just would take so much longer if i had a car and and because there's just nowhere to park in london either no i, I um, totally agree with you that i mean it's just still mind-blowing like to me it's mm. like okay, how much can we make what's the gas mileage it'll take to get there like yeah. you know my we're building up there's a highway that runs through you know there's there's two massive cities on each side of it one capital of wisconsin madison and then the other is fond du lac and then mm. we drive that highway in between the two cities and there's three three 
yeah, there's three smaller towns that are about 15,000 people each. And then the main yeah. cities are about half a million. Uh, we're trying to build that up. And then the highway, you know, it's an hour to drive from Madison to Fond du Lac. We're building a route from that to that. And then we yeah. have to equate, like, we're going to be bringing in $500 today. And then we're going to be spending $30 on gas and yeah, yeah. putting this much mileage on the car, writing it off on taxes. Insurance, you don't have to do any of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was saying to you before we, we, we kind of start recording, parking spaces in London go for like £120,000, which is, you know, that, that's wow. just so you can park your car. And I'm like, I don't need that. I don't. Um, if I ever leave London, I've been here for 20 years now, but if I ever leave London, I may learn how to drive. But ultimately cycling in london is faster and and worse if i ever expand further you know into more central london if i don't want to cycle which i can't ever see be expanding that far you've got the london underground and you know buses and tubes if yeah. i really want to but um on the flip side though on the on the kind of like the negative side of folks who live in smaller cities who have more expansive america is very different than the uk when it comes to family restaurants and kind of more family orientated places we tend to have them on the outskirts of cities you know next to shopping malls and next to uh like cinema complexes and stuff but they're not locally run family restaurants they're owned by massive corporations so trying mm -hmm. to get a machine in them is difficult anyway but in london especially i don't have access to those same kind of where all the family goes to eat, you know, Mexican restaurants or things like that. There's lots of takeaways and lots mm -hmm. of, you know, Uber delivery drivers or, you know, just eat delivery drivers go and pick it up. But there's no actual real people who go into them anymore. Everyone's ordering online. And so I, I kind of am very envious of those, those restaurants that you can place multiple machines in because they don't really exist. Definitely not in East London, but there's, they're very mm -hmm. few and far between in London at all. Yeah, um, so that is a negative about about uh, about the kind of like the the size of London. Um, for as many locations as there are, I, there's not all there's not the same kind of variety. I don't think. Yeah, um, I would I would agree. I mean, some of the locations. I mean, you you have like it, it's like higher volume almost. It's the cities mm -hmm. I'm in. It's like I live in a city with two thousand people. I I can't place any machines here in London. You know, yeah. you can go wherever. There's so many people. There's so much money circulating around. It's just you can place it wherever you want. Yeah, I'd um, be completely... I, I wouldn't be able to... If London weren't the size it were, I wouldn't be able to have the luxury of that small route. Because I do. I have... Between here and the end... The road I live on, um, or the road that my, my road leads on to, is about three miles long or two miles long, which is unusual for London to all be the same road. But between here and about... Uh, a, a between here and the and the next tube station, Bethnal Green, it's about an eight minute walk, and I have three different shots between here and 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 you know half a mile away, because it weirdly covers two different areas. Again, like there's these invisible lines of where one kind of person is, mm -hmm. one kind of like uh, with a different income bracket or a different kind of lifestyle and then you go half a mile down the road again and it's it's young people who are like hipsters and they want like kitsch stuff in the machines and then half a mile up the road it's a kids play area or i've got one in like an a 24-hour boo shop um which is a completely different clientele yeah that's yeah <laughs> but he's one of my best earners because people are just you know 
they're bored at 2 a.m. and they'll play your machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm very lucky that it's so densely packed because it means if it's located properly, if it's near the front of the shop, new people are always going to be passing going, ah, what's that? They've got a claw machine. All right, I'll go in, you know. Um, and that's a bonus for the, the shop owners as well. That's when I know a machine's going to stay for a while because they're happy because it's bringing in new customers. You know, that's when they get it. They're like, oh, I see. It's not really about how much that 25% of the profit is never going to make them rich. You know, it's never going to pay for their holiday. Mm-hmm. But if it's bringing in new customers who then keep coming back, then that's something of worth to, to location owners. It's just crazy to me. I was watching one of your videos and the main strip you were going down, like you had a couple of stores. Mm. The stores were open, like, you know, open doors. You could walk in from the street kind of. That's, that's just mind-boggling. That was the 24-hour boot shop, Buzzland. That's yeah. The, that's just down the road for me, yeah. It, it reminded me of a mall almost. You could just walk in the mini claws right there. I was so skeptical about that. I was like, do I want pe- like drunk people are going to be coming in at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and they're just going to you know wreck my machine. And, and the guys, the brothers who own that place are so nice. And uh, they're one of my favorite people to, to go and chat with. Um, and really supportive uh, and always asking, you know, like, how's the business going? But that being right on the doorway, sometimes I go in and when it's been rainy and muddy, you're just like, oh, it's covered in mud because it's just coming with the wind. <laughs> but it's actually turned out to be a huge benefit because it's right there. It's a glass front. They don't have to open a door. They literally just step in and they're playing it. And I think, you know, I'm always slightly worried whether a machine's going to do well or how safe a machine is in London. Uh, and that turned out to be a, a massive plus because there's literally no barrier for someone <laughs> off the street to play that machine. It's such an instant, oh, I've seen a claw machine. Oh, I want that Mario keychain. I'm going to play for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that that's turned out really well. Uh, I was being too too worrisome about that one place, and I'm glad it's it's turned out for the best. Um, well, is that just like one main strip? And do you have do you have multiple locations on that? Yeah, literally across the road uh, uh, from it. Just probably about a hundred feet down on the other side of the road. I've got in a Indian sweet shop, um, which doesn't do as well, but is is getting better um, and. He's a really the guy who owns it's really he's lovely. I've been very lucky with having a lot of very lovely people, uh, for location owners. But yeah, and then literally just heart, not even like a quarter of a mile down the road, I've got another three machines within that. It's all very compact, but um, all of my locations are very very different. Or if they're similar, they're far enough apart that it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just it's wild. a very different business here, man. It's a really it is definitely <laughs> London is a unique place. What can I say? It's just it it, rem- it just reminds me of a mall so much. I mean, I mean, we're gonna have a machine out in the middle. It, it's mm. like, is that like a shopping destination? Like, or or is it just a bunch of separate businesses that are set bunch up of like that? Businesses because it's like, you know, everyone. Because, you know, I can imagine doing it in New York would might be very similar because, you know, there's a similar-ish compact layout. Obviously, it's more grid-like in New York. But, um, you know, the, the if you get home from work, you're like, oh, I don't have milk. So you go down to the local mini-mart. Yeah. That <laughs> local mini-mart for you is not going to be the same one that someone half a street away, you know, two minutes down the road, they're going to go to the other local mini-mart because that's the nearest one to them. And there's so many people that those people don't cross over. It's the local community who go to that one and then down the road they go to that one and, and it offers a great opportunity. 
However, it's finding the ones that also offer a great amount of profit, amount of people who want yeah. to play, you know. And that's the fine balance is is getting the best of both worlds, I suppose. Um, when when it comes to these, uh, you know, claw machines and all these people in the business, usually mm. there's a motive, like to to have these machines. Usually, it's because it's low barrier to entry to get in these machines. Yeah. Um, I know Tinker's Toy and Hobby. That was a the reasoning they got into bulk candy machines because it was a couple hundred dollars a start, and they already had places ready to go. Then yeah. they took the next step up, went to mini claw. Are you someone that's trying to work your way up and you know maybe own an actual business one day like a bar or a restaurant oh, or you, an actual business this isn't a no i'm joking well um, yeah i mean no, like no, a physical no 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 not in the slightest no it, that may change you know um that may change but no and it's not like i get a little defensive when you know i see in the extreme discord where people are like oh you've got a mini claw no you need to get up to you know why have you ordered so many of those you need to get mega minis and stuff and I'm like, yeah, for you guys, that's that's makes sense. But you can't you can't paint everyone with the same brush. I can't use the you know the the prize locker, so it's pointless mm-hmm. for me. I'm by myself, and they don't have wheels, and they're heavier, so it's not you know. And most locations I have don't need me to change, don't need four times the amount of you know of of storage or of like playing area. It's a bonus, but it's not the be all and end all. Um, and I, I love the mini claws. I genuinely, really, I think they're cute. And London space is a premium, so even with some places, you're like, they're like, we have no space, and you see it. They've used, utilized every square inch of of floor space in their shop because they have to, because it costs so much to rent it. So when you say it's only thirty centimeters, you know. Um, Sometimes they just don't have thirty centimeters. I've I've digressed a little bit there, but basically I'm happy with like maybe slowly building more and more of these machines. But ultimately, I just want it to be an income. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I and and one of the reasons I started a YouTube channel is because ultimately you're just it's nice to talk to people mm-hmm. when you go to a location, but ultimately you're cleaning a machine, you're taking out the money, you're stocking it with toys. And I found the creative side of it a lot more enjoyable than I had. I hadn't even thought about it, about YouTube or about the toy hunting or about the interacting before I bought the machines. I just like, oh, what's a good side business that will generate income? Um, And so I'm happy where I am in the sense of I don't want to own an arcade. I don't want to build a giant vending business. I'm happy earning money where I get to do something creative at the same time. Um, uh and obviously, the more money I earn, fantastic. But yeah. it, there's no long-term goal, you know. There's no like, oh, I'm I'm aiming to be the biggest vendor in London, or I'm aiming to to own a restaurant that has arcade machines, or you know. Mm-hmm. That was a long-winded answer, but I. <laughs> well, no, no, yeah, yeah, you're good. Too late. Um, that's why. That's why I say. So, so you're good with having these locate just the um or not just but like you're good with growing this this business with these mini claws. So um, w- would you ever be looking to expand into doing more? I-, I know around me, there's bowling alleys that are filled with $100,000 worth of equipment. Um, obviously, you can do that at a smaller scale. Are you content yeah. with just minis or are you going to be I look at the mini key and stuff, you know, the, the mini um, okay. uh, string cutters, should I say, uh, magic cuts. 
so maybe like, mini I, arcades. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, you know, extreme and 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 Megan was talking about getting one as well, but I like the idea of that. But it's not really much of a diversion from what I'm doing, like which is, that I think. Yeah, I, I I enjoy the hands-on aspect of the business. I enjoy that it's me who's building it. And currently, there's no plan to move outside of that, be it a different kind of machine. if it, As long as I can move it myself and it's accessible to, you know, tiny London locations. that it's, it's the whole package that I'm enjoying, I think, is what I was trying to say, which is like, I enjoy the creative side of it. I enjoy the YouTube side of it. I enjoy the, the interactions with people. And 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 knowing that I'm the one who's responsible for these small changes, but the idea of owning a larger business, you know, I can't. I don't have a lofty goal like that. I don't have a a set like you know. I'd love to own a retro arcade, I suppose, but I think the reality of that would be oh, I'd be stuck in an arcade all the time, telling <laughs> kids to stop shaking the machines, and you know. So, no, I think I think it's the working for myself part that I enjoy. Oh, okay, um, and however my my business expands i think it'll just be a natural thing but there's no there's no end goal in sight other than just try to enjoy it as much as i can because that's always been my main goal in life is like do i want to be here do i want to be doing this well if not why i'm in charge so why why would i stay any longer you know well and, and that's such a beautiful mindset to have of i'm i'm i love what i'm doing already i'm gonna stick doing it there, there are so many people, I mean, including myself, where it's like, I'm hardly started. I, there's so much to do. And yeah. like, uh, but then, I mean, it's just great. Have you seen um, well, little, well, not off topic, but have you seen Extreme's new mall spot? He has four gamer minis and then he has a corner of like, oh, I did, like yeah, five I saw a machines. photo of it, I think. I think I saw a photo of it. It looks so pretty. Like, it's you just, it looks like all the minis together you're just like that is a good looking setup you've got right there that so is... he yeah he has the four gamer minis and then mm. he has like that that's in the mall and then in the same mall he has magic cut from candy machines five yeah. of your your kind of mini um with the full machines with prize lockers obviously yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. do that um and then also from uh lee fun he has like a, a multi-cade like um arcade game mm. it's like i think six machines there and then the four minis I, I, would that be like something like the, the oh, yeah. top the top you do i'd happily do that do you know what i mean okay. like it's not it's not i suppose it's like i suppose i interpreted your question as kind of like do, you know is the end goal to own yeah yeah that, you know you know like whatever but no ultimately it's just like how do i build this business so that it fits with my lifestyle which which you know my own free time is honestly the most precious thing to me i was having this discussion as i fished with my friend yesterday which is like (laughs) you know having having the choice of how i spend my time like even if i'm like i need to go to locations today and i need to restock that or i need to kind of like follow up with that business it's not all the most fun in the world but it's all the fact that i get to decide when that happens and and, Mm -hmm. you know so I will build the, the business and the locations to the best possible. That's my goal. I think my, the lofty goal is just to get the best out of every location. So I'm, I'm my, the amount of effort I put into is reaping the most rewards and having a location like that, where you've got multiple machines, all just earning money for you. That is, well, that yeah. is that's, you know, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. Money while you sleep. That's, that's the best kind yeah, of money. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 
it's been about an hour and a half. I guess we yeah, should man, probably I have start to wrap up. On so much. <laughs> no, so no, it's, it's been awesome. Questions. You just kind of like your brain goes off on one. Um, yeah, exactly. If, if for those watching, we have a game plan of maybe 10 questions that I wrote up in a half hour. This has not been scripted at all. No, no. Um, you, as if you couldn't tell, this has not been scripted at all. It's like, he's still talking and he's not answering <laughs> any of the questions he's being asked. Damn straight. I'll, I'll, I'll say what I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, wrapping it up here, I've, we've already mentioned it a few times, but where um, are the specific places where people should go to find you and see your content? Folks, just everyone go to my youtube channel ultimately everything everything that i make gets funneled there anyway and that's my main it's got my long form it's got my shorts it's got my youtube lives uh and that is mini claws london mini claw london mini claws london glitter bear mini claws basically yeah, um, glitter bear mini claws and then at mini claw london right yeah at mini claw london i should know this myself but um <laughs> but yeah i i love doing the lives the long form videos um enjoying more and more editing together and the shorts are just silly nonsense but they're fun as well so come and come and take a look um and for the people watching uh this podcast um for the vendors watching this podcast if you're someone like saul here um that wants to kind of share their story make sure to comment down below and we can get in touch um but for the normal people watching that aren't insane doing this kind of stuff with us um Make sure to leave a like and subscribe if you enjoy this content. And if you're on Spotify or whatever, leave a review. I think that's how that works. Do um, it, honestly. <laughs> like, biggest bugbear. If you've watched the content and you've enjoyed the content, Nathan has put so much work into this channel, and then you don't like it, and you just click on another <laughs> video. Shame on you. Shame on you. Like and subscribe to this man's channel. He's a talented boy. All right, well, with that, Let's say uh, goodbye to all the viewers. <laughs> Nathan, thanks so much for having me. See you guys.